Father, we thank you that you inherit, inhabit the praises of your people. Father, we choose to gather together in this place, Father, and worship your name. You alone are worthy to be worshipped and adored, Father. And Father, as the, as the song said that the elders gathered around to worship your name, Father, someday we will be at the throne of the Most High God in your presence and worship you, Father. We can see you with our eyes. For now, Father, we see you with the heart of faith. We see you, Father, among us and in us. We thank you, Father. And Father, we declare that you alone are worthy to be worshipped. You're the most holy God, the exalted one, Father, the good one and the kind one who watches over his people to protect us, to heal us, to prosper us, Father, to grant us everlasting life, to establish our destiny in heaven with you. Father, the Lord Jesus said that he goes to prepare a place for us. Father, a place that's full of joy and peace. So, Father, we long for the days that we get to spend with you for all eternity. And, Father, we thank you that between now and then you said in your word that you've given us a down payment and an earnest of your spirit. Just a portion, Father. As good as we have it here on earth, it's just a small portion of what we'll experience, Father, when we see you face to face. So, Father, we thank you for that. Lord, we give you all praise and honor for these things. We thank you for the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, is the Lord good? Amen. He is good all the time. Amen. We appreciate his goodness and kindness. and It's always good to spend time and worship the Lord. Amen. Uh, it helps us to um, train ourselves to focus on the Lord. Amen. You know, the, the thing is, when during the praise and worship, you're not thinking about, well, uh, I say you're not thinking about it. You know, I hope you weren't thinking about the lawn that you got to mow tomorrow, you know, and the garbage you got to take out this afternoon. And, uh, you know, you're focusing on the Lord. Amen. And that helps us to, to train us that, you know, all those things are still out there. But you can live a life where you're not worried and fretful over all the things that you have to do. You can focus on the Lord. Amen. And if you can focus on the Lord here, then when you're at home and, and things come up, you can focus on the Lord at home. Amen. So it's good training to spend time with the Lord. Amen. Uh, in in uh, fellowship, uh, in praise and worship, in the corporate sense. Amen. Uh, and so uh, well, we get to enjoy uh, Dr. Marilyn Neubauer. Of course, she's going to be here with us this morning and at Healing School at 3 o'clock today. So I'd encourage you if you get a chance to come out to Healing School. She's got a great testimony in healing. You know, uh, it's nice to know the theoretical part of healing, you know, that the Word of God says to healing. But it's also nice to hear somebody's testimony that's walked through it, amen, and received supernatural healing, and uh, and not just healing, but uh, coming off the deathbed, amen. Uh, you know, I've been healed of toe aches and headaches and things like that. I wasn't going to die from any of those things. Uh, but uh, Miss Marilyn, she uh, had to find the faith to come off the, the bed of sickness and death, amen. Uh, and so let's give a warm Dayton, Tennessee welcome to Miss Marilyn Neubauer. I'm holding it down. Oh, okay. Well, it's great to be back again, and I love the new <laughs> renovations. It's just beautiful. Um, you guys must be just so happy, huh? Hello, Doris. <laughs> I 
I was just asking, where's Doris? <laughs> yes, well, I just feel like I'm always at home when I'm here. So thank you so much, Pastor Chip and Chris, for having me come again. I just, I'm always, always so honored to be here. You know, I was chuckling when Pastor Chip was talking about the mail, <laughs> so delayed. Well, I, has, I was in Bible school and graduated from Rhema in 1986. And I knew some missionary friends that were in Africa. And so I sent them a really nice care package. And I did that in 1986. And then in 1991, I was invited to go and minister at their church. The package arrived while I was there. <laughs> From 1986 to 1991. Um, and it wasn't even COVID back here. <laughs> we have any excuses, but I'm telling you, sometimes you just never know what the mail service is gonna do. But uh, praise God. It's a good day. Uh, I just want to mention a couple of the things that I have on the back table. You know, we need to always be growing in our faith. We have to walk by faith. We have to live by faith. And the Bible talks about little faith, weak faith, strong faith, great faith, and growing faith. Faith always has to be growing. <clears throat> and so I have uh, some products on the table back there, but I never like to talk about it as a product table because when a carpenter builds a house, he has to use tools. There are a lot of tools used in, in all this construction here. Well, we have to build our faith, and so that's a tool table back there that will help you build your faith. And this is a book, one of my, some of my products I've had for a long time, but this is still, this went number one on Amazon in two categories. And it's just been so popular, and I recently put it on a, on a, a DVD or a CD, because sometimes if people are sick, it's hard to read, hard to stay focused, but you can actually hear it. Or I also have it on a thumb drive. I had a thumb drive here, oh yeah. It's also available on a thumb drive. So I've just made it so easy for you to listen to those teachings because it talks about God's word as medicine. One thing different about God's word as medicine versus man's medicine. God's medicine has no negative side effects. I mean, that is just so awesome. You can double up, triple up, quadruple up, whatever you need to do. And sometimes if you're really sick, you need to take more than just one dose. You know, the doctor might tell you to take this three times a day. You can take this every hour on the hour. You know, I, I know what I'm talking about because I've almost died twice and then uh, on my deathbed. Matter of fact, the one time I had only hours, only hours left to live and I went to an instant miracle. Matter of fact, I have a new book out there. It's, it's titled um, Three Functions of Faith. And I've, I've written this book because there's three areas that I had used my faith to receive my miracles. And so it's, it's gonna be available by the first of the year, but you can always go back and pre-order it, or if you wanna be on my mailing list, you can sign up back there. But that's gonna be a very powerful book because it is about faith, and we need to understand that there are different functions of faith, and how do I use my faith in this situation versus how I used it in that situation. I also have back there a packet um, of little healing scriptures, and I call it my daily power bar. bar. <clears throat> and I like to keep things small and user-friendly. You can keep it in your pocket, but it's filled with healing scriptures. And then there's also a prayer in the back, and it's, um, I have a little blank space there, and it says, spirit of, because every infirmity, it's a spirit. 
You could say spirit of COVID, spirit of cancer, spirit of diabetes, spirit of allergies. <clears throat> In the name of Jesus, I pull you down from your position of authority and I break the power of assignment you have against me for it is written. And then you go back and just pick if it's only one healing scriptures, but there's about 13 of them in here. Just pick that one that just bears witness with you because it says, it is written, and that's how you take the medicine. You're taking authority over those things. So you need to really understand how to use the word because it's the doer of the word that counts. It's not just the hearer. You have to be a doer of it. This book, Guidelines Praying for the Sick, has become also very popular. And um, I actually just did a mastermind class on this book. And it was, it was awesome because I go into a lot more depth of what I've experienced in praying for the sick that is not in the book. But it talks about there's a time of preparation. It talks about God's will and his ways. We have to know his will. You know, sometimes I'll do one-on-one -on -one coaching for healing. And this one gal says, well, I just want to do it this way. So, well, you can't put God in a box. It is his way or no way. <laughs> I can remember I was witnessing to um, my insurance lady one time. And finally, she says, Marilyn, I've done all that. I've I just did it my way. I didn't do it your way. And I said, well, my way is, is the Bible way. It's not my way. This is God's way. She says, well, I, I did it my way. I said, well, that's good. I said, let's compare your way with God's way. And so she told me, well, this is, you know, this is, I just, I said, that's it. Okay, well, okay. I said, well, if I invite you to my house, I'm going to give you some instructions on how to come to my house. But you might want to say, well, I don't like to drive on that road. This one's so much more scenic. I'm going to go this direction. Well, my house isn't that direction. You're going to have to go this direction to get to my house. There's no other way. I said, so did your instructions or did your way get you to God's house? She says, oh, well, maybe not. I said, no, because see, he has a way. And you have to know his way. You can't just do it any old way. <laughs> and so it is with all the things of the Lord. We need to know his way. Amen. And it also talks about why some don't receive healing. And that's a very enlightening chapter on why some people don't receive healing. This book looks also pretty tattered and torn because it's my copy. <laughs> but it's called My Daily Delight in the Lord. And it talks about, the very beginning talks about intimacy with the Lord. And that is God's greatest desire, that we become intimate with him, that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. I can remember one time in church, the pastor asked if there was a child in the congregation that would like to come up and quote just the first verse of the 23rd Psalm. So this little girl got up there and she's, oh, I know that first verse. And so she got up there and she said, the Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. <laughs> and everybody chuckled because she misquoted that scripture. But what a profound statement. The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I want. And until we can say that's all I want, we'll never be able to say I shall not want. He's got to be all that we want. Amen. It's so critical. So you can need to go back there. And this is also a book. It's called My Three Miracles, but it talks about the journey, the journey that I took to receive my miracles because there is a journey. I was teaching one time in Switzerland all week long on a healing conference. Chris, can I just have you put this down there? I was doing a healing conference, 
And at the end of the conference, this lady came up to me and she said, well, I don't want to have to learn all those scriptures. I just, I just want poof. I said, honey, poof isn't going to happen for you. <laughs> I said, there are no poof scriptures in the Bible. You have to be a doer of the word. And she said, well, I don't want to do that. I said, that's your prerogative. You know, you don't have to do it if you don't want to do it. But then you won't get any results either. Amen. So once again, it's the doer that counts. It's not just the hearer. So, Lord, we thank you so much for your word today. We thank you for the precious Holy Spirit who is our teacher, our guide. And, Lord, as we look into your word today, I pray that you would open our eyes to see what perhaps we didn't see the time before. Help us to hear what maybe we missed the time before. Lord, we purpose in our heart to be open, to be receptive to all that you have for us today. We thank you for the anointing. We thank you for your presence. And Lord, we truly give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, open your Bibles, if you would, to the Gospel of John. John chapter 4, verse 23. John 4, 23. Jesus speaking, he says, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such who will worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must, must worship him in spirit and in truth. I used to work for a ministry and that we taught worship as a lifestyle and we had seminars for worship, but it was such a challenge to get people to attend the worship seminars. I thought, why don't people want to come? I just, it was just a really big challenge. And then some friends of mine, they knew I, I taught a lot on healing. They said, Marilyn, we're going to have a healing seminar. Would you come to the healing seminar and help us? I said, oh, sure. But I didn't want to disappoint them and say, well, probably not too many people are going to show up. But, you know, but I went and I helped them. Well, we had a tremendous turnout. It was a fabulous night. And I was just so, so thrilled and excited. And as I was leaving and I was walking across the parking lot and just praising God, I said, Lord, it was just it was so wonderful tonight. I um, mean, so many people's lives were touched and changed and healed and transformed. And, and I said, Lord, it was just wonderful. And then I said, Lord, why is it that there, there were so many people at the healing seminar tonight, but so few come to the, the worship seminar? What was the difference? And I heard the Lord speak to me immediately. And he said, healing is what I give my people. Worship is what my people give to me. But my people are not givers like they think they are. But if my people would learn to worship me, not only would their healing come easier, but it would take them into a higher dimension of walking in divine health. It matters to God that we become worshipers. And when we, with all of our heart, truly worship him and give him thanks, it is received by God. It, it, he receives it into the very spirit fabric of his being. He receives that. So I want to tell you the difference because a lot of times people think, well, thanksgiving, praise, and worship is all one and the same. No, it's distinctly different. 
Thanksgiving, for example, is our response to the presence of God in our lives. It's almost always um, a type of salvation. And Thanksgiving is almost always an automatic response. If you're in a horrible situation and you just got saved or delivered from a, just a terrible situation, I mean, it's just almost automatic to say, thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying about, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. It's just almost automatic. But praise is different. Praise, matter of fact, you know, we're going to spend all eternity saying thank you, thank you, thank you. But we don't want to wait till we get to heaven to do that. We need to do it now. Now, praise is our response to God's word working in our lives. When someone gets up to testify on a Sunday morning, they're going to testify on what happened when they became a doer of the word. They heard the word of God, they applied the word of God, and the word, it all came to pass, and they get up and they give their testimony. What do we say? Praise the Lord! <laughs> because the word worked. So there's a difference between, you know, between saying thanksgiving and praise. Praise is based upon applied knowledge of the word. Now, worship is still different. Worship is our response to a continual awareness of his presence. Now, like Thanksgiving is almost automatic, worship is not automatic. Worship is a cultivated response. There's an element of time. You don't get born again on Sunday and became intimate with the Lord on Monday. Worship must be cultivated. It takes time. Worship actually means intimacy. It means to move forward with the intent to kiss. So worship must be cultivated. Now I want us to turn to Psalms 100. Psalms 100, beginning in verse 1. And it begins by talking about attitude. Psalms 100, verse 1. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Well, this is talking about an attitude. We need to come into his presence joyfully and singing and being glad. But then he goes on and he starts talking about a heart, a heart revelation. He said, know, K-N-O-W, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pasture. We need to get a revelation of who God is and who we are. And then he switches back and starts talking about attitude again. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and be thankful to him and bless his name. And this all needs to come from our heart not just our head. So like I said, uh, Thanksgiving is almost an automatic response. But there are times in your life, I know it's been, there's been times in my life where I didn't feel like having this kind of attitude. <laughs> I didn't feel like singing and, and being joyful. And you know, the Lord knew that there would be those times. And so he already made a way for that. In Psalms 107, you're in the book of Psalms, look at 107. 107 beginning in verse 21. 
Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men and let them sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. God knew that there's going to be days where you just don't feel very happy. But he said, I want you to offer thanksgiving even if it's a sacrifice. Because thanksgiving, praise, and worship, that is our ministry to the Lord. This is not something he's giving us. This is what we give to him. And we can never outgive God. Never outgive God. And so he said, even if it's a sacrifice, it will be for your benefit if you give me thanks. Because he is God. And he, he is our author, the finisher of our faith. We are the sheep of his pasture. And so then the psalmist replies to that in verse, uh, chapter 116, verse 17. Psalms 116, verse 17. I will, he says, I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. And I will call upon the name of the Lord. So once again, this is our ministry unto him, even if it's a sacrifice. You know, when you give a sacrifice of thanksgiving, praise, and worship, that can bring a breakthrough when nothing else can. Because we're not, you know, when we pray, so often when we're praying, we're asking God to do something for us, to help me here, or give me this, or, you know, we're always asking for something. But thanksgiving, praise, and worship, once again, that's what, that's what we are giving to our Heavenly Father. And that can bring a breakthrough when nothing else can. We're going to look at a story of an individual in the Bible who was facing a horrifying situation. Horrible. And let's look at how did he handle his situation. And you'll know him. His name is Jonah. So let's turn to the book of Jonah. And if you're not sure where it's at, if you go to the Old Testament, the very end of the Old Testament, go back about eight books, you will find Jonah over there. <laughs> so we're going to look at Jonah chapter 1. And this is a true story. I mean, it's even mentioned in the New Testament. So it is a true story. It's an amazing story, but it's a true story. In Jonah chapter 1, beginning in verse 17, it says, Now the Lord... This is something the Lord did. The Lord prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. Now, we know that Jonah was in disobedience to the Lord, and so he got himself into a horrible situation. He was cast into the sea. Now, if God was mad at Jonah, all he had to do was just leave him alone, and he'll die He'll drown unless some shark comes along and gobbles him up. <laughs> but he is destined for a problem here. But, you know, nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. God is always there for a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance. However many chances you have, as long as you're breathing, there's still going to be another chance. So it says God prepared this great fish. So this fish prepared by God was prepared as a fish of preservation, not destruction. It was a fish of preservation, 
not destruction. And then it says that Jonah was in the belly of this fish for three days and three nights, and then he cried out to the Lord. And I thought, now Jonah knew God. Why would you wait three days and three nights before you ever called out to God? I mean, I live by the ocean. If I, if I even see that there could be a shark way out there, I mean, I am long gone. I'm, I'm out of here. You know, but he's, he's in this, this fish's belly. I mean, it's got to be dark down there, stinky, smelly. I mean, horrible. And he's alive. He didn't have a leg bitten off. He was gobbled up whole. He is down there. And he's not in a comfort zone. This is not a comfort zone. Dark, all alone. And you're waiting for three days and three nights. And I have, why in the world would you wait so long? And then I thought about Adam and Eve. When they disobeyed God, what happened? They got fearful. They were ashamed. And they hid from God. Maybe Jonah thought, well... I disobeyed God. I got what I deserved. Yeah. Have you ever done something wrong and then the consequences come and you think, well, it's my own fault. I got what I deserved. I thought, I wonder if maybe Jonah felt that way. Could be, I don't know. But something made him wait three days and three nights. And then it says in verse 2 of chapter 2, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly, and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of mine affliction, and he answered my prayer. See, never run from God. We always run a run to God. And no matter how horrible you might think your situation is, God will always have an open ear to hear your cry. Here is Jonah in this situation, and he said, and you heard my prayer, you answered my prayer. Out of the belly of hell I cried, and you heard my voice. And then in verse 5, Jonah begins to describe his situation. The waters surrounded me. What's happening? He's beginning to drown. He's waited now for three days and three nights, and now he is beginning to drown. He's been bobbling up and down, I'm sure. He's not just sitting, floating around. He's... There's a lot of activity going on in that belly, I'm sure. So he's beginning to drown. And then it says, the deep closed round about me. Now he's being crushed. I can remember when I was 19 years old, and from my high school graduation, my parents sent my brother and I to California to my uncle's house. And uh, we'd never been to the ocean, and, but we saw movies about people, all these people crowded at the beach at the ocean, you know, and we thought, oh, we're going to go to the ocean. And so my uncles, he had some teenage boys that lived next door to him, and they said, oh, we'll take, we'll take Marilyn and her brother uh, to the ocean. We thought, oh, boy, this is going to be great. So we got to the ocean, and I thought, well, there's no people here. There wasn't one person on the beach. And they said, now you guys just stay here and have fun, and we're going to go someplace else, but we'll come back later to get you. I said, okay. So I told my brother, I said, come on, Larry, let's, let's just go in the water. He said, no, I don't want to go in the water. I said, oh, yeah, come on. So I started walking in the water, and I said, wow, it's really shallow here. And I just kept walking way out and way out. And I remember the boy said, you know, if, if a wave comes, just ride the wave. I thought, what does he mean, ride the wave? I wasn't sure what he was talking about. Oh, well, sounds simple. So I walked way out there, and all of a sudden, and I turned around to my brother to holler and wave, and then I heard this noise. 
And I turned around. Well, if I ever saw a high wave, I mean, this wave was coming. And I thought, ride the wave. So I started, maybe I'm supposed to swim. Well, that wave caught me in the middle of my back. Those boys didn't tell us, but there is a big sign that we didn't see. Restricted area, no swimming allowed, much danger. And I got caught in that undercurrent, and it whipped me in the middle of my back, and I am tossed. I was being crushed, spinning and spinning. It was so dark down there. And I was, I mean, I and I was getting dizzy and spinning and being my The back of my feet were actually hitting me in the top of my head. I was spinning and spinning and spinning. And I thought, wow, I was being crushed and, and uh, I made it. <laughs> I felt the Lord telling me, don't panic. Don't panic. Don't panic. I thought, okay. And he, I felt the Lord say, just keep holding your breath. I thought, I've never held my breath this long. <laughs> and finally, I saw light. When I saw the light... Then I began to pump and pump and pump. And I got up, and there were two people walking along the beach and my brother, and they were screaming. Thought for sure I was gone. Thought for sure I was gone. And, um, but I've often thought, I don't, yeah, crushed. I was being crushed down there. And, but then uh, Jonah goes on to say, and the weeds were wrapped around my head. Now he's being strangled. So he's drowning, he's being crushed, weeds all around his head strangling him. Panic. I'm sure he was very, very frightened. And then it says in verse 7, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. What do you suppose he remembered? The Lord's mercies endure forever. The Lord's mercy. And they said, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. He was not, this was not a silent prayer request. He's not down there trying to impress anybody with a fancy prayer. With a voice, he is crying out and he is offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving. He said, I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And when God cried out to Jonah, what did God say to Jonah? Absolutely nothing. He didn't say anything to Jonah. Instead, God spoke to the fish. Why did he speak to the fish? Because the fish represented his situation. God spoke to his situation. When we offer thanksgiving, praise, and worship, it can break through when nothing else can. God can speak to your situation, my situation, if we just offer, if, even if it's a sacrifice, God can speak to our situation. And it's interesting, he told the fish to vomit Jonah on the dry land. You know, of all creation, mankind is the only of God's creation that rebels. We're either arguing with God, we disobey God, but other than that, all of other creation always obeys God. God told this fish to vomit Jonah on the dry land. The fish probably said, Amen, Lord, whatever you say. <laughs> and he took Jonah all the way to the dry land. And I think it was for twofold. One, because it was a place of safety. 
Don't just vomit them out in the middle of the sea. Take them to the dry land. But secondly, because that was where Jonah was. That was the last place where he was when he got instructions from God. And we're never going to get another instruction until we obey the last one. He had an opportunity to go back and repent. You do exactly what I told you to do. Until we do what he told us last to do, we're never going to get another instruction. It's so important that we have, you're not going to go any further until we obey that last instruction. So Jonah gave God thanksgiving, and God gave Jonah deliverance. He will always speak to our situation. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, everything, give thanks. Uh, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. So often people want to know, what is God's will for my life? Just have an attitude of thanksgiving at all times. Just be thankful. Uh, once again, in Psalms 107, verse 21, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men, and let them sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving. It's so true. There's some, I mean, I know I've been there. Maybe you have too, where I just didn't feel like giving thanks. You know what I'm saying? We've all been there. Now I want to take a closer look at praise. Praise, once again, is our response to God's word working in our lives. It's based upon applied knowledge. You know, the first thing God is looking for, for you, from you and from me is that we get saved. The first thing he wants us to do, our first challenge is uh, the first change he wants in our life is to that of salvation that we get born again and sometimes people are uh, born again out of a, a horrible situation and they are so excited that they just got saved they just can't wait to tell everybody all their friends oh you've got to come to church you've got to get saved and they just become this cute little evangelist and that's and that's good that's not a problem with God but that's not what God is seeking once you're saved and that's his first priority. Then there's another priority. His second priority is that we become worshipers. God is seeking such who will worship him. Why is that? Because worship is intimacy. We have to first, once you're saved, now you, get, you have to get to know him. Know him in your heart. That's God's second priority for mankind. So I want to turn to Psalms 47. But how does God get us from being born again to now all of a sudden being a worshiper, which means intimacy? It's just like you don't go to kindergarten on Monday and graduate from the university on Tuesday. There's an element of time involved. <laughs> well, there's an element of time involved from beginning the moment you get born again to being intimate with God. So the catalyst that God uses for us to become uh, a worshiper is the word. In Psalms 47, verse 6, sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with understanding. See, when you get up and, and you're worshiping the Lord and you're singing praises, if you don't do it with understanding, your praise is shallow. It's shallow. But he says, you want to sing praises with understanding. You know, you sing the song, Majesty, I worship his majesty. You need to sing that with all your heart. You are worshiping his majesty. In Psalms 56, verse 4, 
In God, I will praise his word. In God, I will put my trust. So if, again, if we don't have an understanding of the word, if there's no understanding of the word, then there is no, there's no praise, no genuine praise. So if there's no word, there's no praise, no praise, no joy, no joy, no strength, no strength, no church. We have to understand the word. In the same chapter 56, look at verse 10. In God, I will praise his word. In the Lord, I will praise his word. We have to have that understanding because, again, without an understanding, your praise is shallow. I like what it says in Psalms 113, verse 3. Psalms 113, verse 3. From the rising of the sun till it's going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. It wasn't until I started doing all this international travel. I've been to over 50 countries. I have been on every continent except the Arctic. I've been to the, the, I've been to the Arctic, but not the Antarctic. Other than that, I have been on every continent. I have been to over 50 countries. And then I got a revelation about this verse. You know, when I call my friends in Switzerland or Germany, They've already been up, and they had their morning time with the Lord, and they were praising the Lord. Then pretty soon the people in New York get up, and they're praising the Lord. Then the people in Chicago get up, and they're praising the Lord. Then people in Texas get up, and they're praising the Lord. Then I get up in California, and I'm praising the Lord. Then pretty soon the people in Hawaii, they get up, and they're praising the Lord. And then pretty soon the people in Asia, they get up, and they're praising the Lord. Then we're back to Europe, and now they're praising the Lord. Well, it's from the rising of the sun till the going down of the same. There is a continual praise unto God. All these time zones has nothing to do with jet lag. <laughs> it's all about a continual praise. God wanted praise all the time. So he's got all these different time zones that people are getting up at all different times worshiping God. Isn't that neat? God is so clever <laughs> how he did that. I thought, well, that isn't about time zone at all. <laughs> and then Psalms 119, verse 7. I will praise you with uprightness of heart. When, and not before, but when I learned your righteous judgments. So there again, we have to have a, an understanding of the word. When you're singing those praises, and like we did this morning, and worship, it is so genuine on the inside of you. You're really singing with all of your heart. Otherwise, again, it's shallow. No word, no praise, no praise, no joy, no joy, no strength. And if there's no strength, there's no strong church. It all has to be genuine. Psalms 119, verse 62. You don't have to turn to these, but you can just take note. Psalms 119, verse 62. At midnight I will rise to give thanks to the Lord because of your righteous judgments. It always makes me think of Paul and Silas when they were in prison at midnight. Maybe Paul got to thinking about the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. He probably gave Silas a kick. And, Silas, get up. Let's just praise the Lord. And what happened? Breakthrough. An earthquake. Now, when God sends an earthquake, nobody gets hurt. People always say, well, it must have been God. No. When God sends one, nobody gets hurt. The prison doors were open. Everybody was set free. Everybody. What happened? Through their praise, breakthrough came. Breakthrough will always come. You know, there was a, 
An old Scotchman was once asked, why do you love the word of God so much? And he said, it's because I know the one who wrote it so very well. Oh, that that would be our testimony. I know the one who wrote it so very well. In uh, verse 162 of Psalms 119, I rejoice at your word as one who found a great treasure. Once when I was preaching in Mexico, a lady had, uh, she was always a, a strong member of the church, and she invited the pastors and I over to her house for dinner on Saturday night, but her husband never went to church. But he was a very kind man, and, and so after dinner, I thanked them for the lovely dinner, and then I said to her husband, I said, I, I would like you to come to my service. I really enjoyed my meal here, and, you know, I'd just like to reciprocate and, and, and ask you to come to my service tomorrow. And just to be polite, he said, oh, well, okay, I'll come. Well, I was going to be teaching all week, but that very first night, Sunday morning, he came, and he got saved on Sunday morning. But the thing I want to emphasize, this man, now I don't promote the lottery, but this man won the lottery, not once, twice. They were a very wealthy family, won the lottery twice. And he came up to me after he prayed the sinner's prayer, and he said, you know, I've won the lottery twice. I said, oh, I heard that. And he said, what I, what I won in the lottery has no comparison to what just happened to me today. He said, that lottery never guaranteed me a home in heaven. That word became a great treasure to him. He saw the value of that word, just like the psalmist says, when I find your word, it was like the greatest treasure he's ever found. And then in Psalms 119, verse 164, seven times a day the psalmist says, Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgments. You know, we come to church once or twice a week, once or twice out of seven days to praise the Lord. The psalmist says, I do it seven times in one day. <laughs> now that is someone who is sincerely worshiping. And then in verse 165, Great peace have those who love my law. Nothing shall offend them. You know, we, we, it's so easy for people to take offense. I mean, I see it more and more and more all the time, people taking offense over the littlest things, littlest things. And if you love the law, you take no offense. That is not a prerogative for us to take offense. It's not a prerogative. If you really love the law, you just let it roll off your back like water off a duck's back, amen. <laughs> don't, don't go there. So Psalms 34, verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Because once again, if there's no word, there's no genuine praise. No word, no praise, no praise, no joy, no joy, no strength, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And if we're not strong, we won't have a strong church. Amen. Because of your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. When you've got to that place of understanding genuine praise, you're now ready to enter in as a worshiper. God is coming back for a glorious church, a church that's passionately in love with him. You know, if I were to give you two, two bowls of fruit and one bowl had a rotten banana and a shriveled up orange, 
but the other one had a bright yellow banana and a beautiful orange and a bright shiny apple. Which one would you choose from? Well, you'd want to choose the one that had the fresh fruit because that has the most nutrients. Well, the Word of God needs to be fresh every day because that's got the most power, the most nutrients in it. Amen. So without the Word, our praise is shallow. But with the Word, we have genuine praise, genuine worship. We now become a worshiper. I'd like you to look at John again, the Gospel of John, John 15, verse 5. Is this helping you today? In John 15, 5, it says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. See, we can always bear fruit just sharing the gospel, but the Lord wants us to bear much fruit, and it's only going to come as we abide in him. And then it goes on to say, for without me, you can do nothing. In the Amplified, it says, without me, or apart from vital union with me, you can do nothing. So when you come to a place where you, when you come into the presence of the Lord, with that pure, pure heart, you come into his presence. You can never come into the presence of the Lord without receiving an impartation. There will always be a word of knowledge, wisdom, direction, whatever you need. If you come into his presence, there will always be an impartation. It could be the direction for that breakthrough. But with that impartation, then comes the anointed outflow that whatever you're going to do, there will be that anointing with it to accomplish what needs to be accomplished. Psalms 91. He that dwells in the secret place will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It's that intimacy, coming into that intimate place of spending time with him. To know him intimately is to know his word. Worship is not just what you do 20 minutes on a Sunday morning. It's what you do as a lifestyle. A lifestyle of intimacy. Coming into the secret place. Secrets are revealed in the secret place. The secret place is a very valuable, precious place to us. I wanted to share one last little testimony. There was a, a man... <clears throat> It's a true story. A man in, uh, German, or in, in uh, Africa, he and his wife were very involved in their church. He was on the worship team. He played the guitar. Uh, he had his own business. His wife had her own business, and they were very, very uh, wealthy young couple, very uh, prosperous, very successful in their business. And they had two little boys, and every night before the boys went to bed, he would get out his guitar, and they would just sing worship songs to the Lord, and then the boys would go to bed. But one day, he made a bad investment. And in one day, he lost everything. I mean, they had a beautiful home. They had a yacht, their own airplane. I mean, beautiful. they had, had it all as a young couple. And he lost everything. He was absolutely devastated. They moved into a small apartment, and they were getting the boys ready for bed, and they told the boys, get your jammas on it and get to bed. And the little boys were too young to understand really what happened. And the little boy said, but daddy, we didn't sing yet. Not tonight, boys, not tonight. You got to get, get ready for bed. 
But Daddy, we always sing to Jesus before we go to bed. Not tonight, boys. But Daddy. Okay. So he picked up his guitar, and he started to play. And then he just broke down in tears. And he said, God, I can't. I just can't do it tonight. I just can't sing tonight, Lord. Don't you understand? I've lost everything. And he heard God whisper to him. He said, when you lost everything, did you also lose your salvation? And he said, well, no, God, I didn't lose my salvation. And then God said to him, then I am still worthy to be praised. And he picked up his guitar and he began to praise. He never stopped. Within less than a year, he had a breakthrough. And God restored more than he had had when he first lost it. He had more than what he had when he first lost it. As we have an intake of the word, we will have an outflow of worship. Feeding our spirit causes our spirit to worship. Five minutes of genuine worship is better than 20 minutes of religion. Amen. Once again, I still so think about that old Scotchman. Why do I love the word of God so much? Because I know the one who wrote it so very well. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we pray that you would stir up a hunger. Stir up a hunger to love you more than we've ever loved you before. To, to get into that secret place. To dwell, to commune with you. We thank you for it, Father. We thank you for your word. Help us to cherish your word as one who found a great treasure. I pray, Father God, that this word takes deep root into each and every heart. That when they walk out the door, the word will still go with them. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. You know, if there's anybody here today, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, that's the greatest miracle you'll ever have. And so if, there's, if you're not here today and you'd like to pray that prayer, it's, it's the greatest miracle. And you're, you're guaranteed two things when you get saved. One, you're guaranteed that when you leave this earth, you will reign in heaven with God forever and ever and ever. But the other thing you're guaranteed is while you're on the earth, the Holy Spirit will come and dwell within you, and he will be with you every breathing moment to guide you, to strengthen you, to help you. It's, just, it's a wonderful life. It's just a wonderful life. And all you have to do, all you have to do is simply believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He died on the cross, and he rose again from the dead just for you. If you simply believe that and say, Lord, I ask you to come into my heart today, then you will receive him. You will be, the Bible calls a Christian, you will be born again. So I'm going to ask you just to close your eyes because there's a lot of people here I haven't seen before. But just close your eyes. And if that's you, if you'd like to pray that prayer uh, for the very first time, I want you just to lift up your hand. I'd like to just pray with you. Is there anybody here at all? You've, you've never prayed that prayer? Anybody at all? Or maybe you have prayed, but you've drifted away. The Holy Spirit is just wooing you, wooing you back. You know what I would like to do? I'd like us just to all play, pray that prayer together corporately, just, just as a refreshing. Let's just do it. Can we all pray together? Just repeat after me. Dear God, I do believe that you are the Son of God. 
but Jesus, you are the Son. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, my weaknesses, my shortcomings. I ask you to come into my life. Teach me your ways. Show me your plan for my life. Fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit that I will walk out that plan. I thank you today that I belong to you and I give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to be um, teaching at Healing School today and I would encourage you, do come. Uh, I know the, me the message today is really gonna be a great, great blessing to you at Healing School. Um, but if you can't come to Healing School and if you have pain in your body and you would like me to pray with you, you're welcome to come up here and, and I'll lay hands on you and pray for you. But another thing I would like to encourage you today is just to, just to fall in love with the Lord afresh. Just fall in love afresh. And if you want to come up here and, and um, maybe we can just have some, some music that Jared could play for us or something. And, but just, just to come up and fall in love with him afresh. It's just so, it's refreshing. It's just refreshing. So I just want to invite you to come up here. And, but if you would like prayer to, for me to lay hands on you, you can stand over here. But if you're just coming up to fall in love with him afresh, just come up on this side. Anybody want to just fall in love with him afresh today? Oh, Lord, we worship you. We magnify your holy name. We glorify you, Lord. Lord, we come before you today. We come to worship you, to praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm sure we all have a moment of time where we can just fall in love afresh. Always needs to be fresh. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Chip. Amen. Is the Lord good? You know, it's, it's uh, um, one of the best ways to develop your relationship with the Lord is to, to follow the instructions that uh, Miss Marilyn gave us this morning about praise and worship, spending time in his presence. You know, it's, uh, you know, a lot of people have a lot of head knowledge about the Lord. You know, they can quote book, chapter, and verse, but they don't really know him, you know, and, and um, one of the best ways to get to know him is spend time in praise and worship and then also being thankful to him. Amen. Uh, and so we appreciate that message, Miss Marilyn. And um, uh, I encourage you, of course, uh, all of the uh, messages are available uh, by CD uh, at no cost. And, and then, of course, you can listen to them online at our website. You can get them on podcasts. Um, you can watch them uh, through Facebook and Vimeo. So there's a lot of different ways to get the messages. And so I encourage you, you know, um, Go back and, and listen to these messages, and if you want a copy of the message on CD, there's forms back there to fill out, and we'll get you a copy of that at no charge as well. Amen. And so, praise God. Um, let's see. Well, let's get ready to receive this morning's uh, offering. And um, you know, as as our um, uh, our tradition that we do here at the church is, we don't receive two offerings. Some churches do. Uh, but uh, the Lord just placed it on my heart many years ago. We have a guest minister 
everything that we receive this morning will go into the ministry of uh, Marilyn Neubauer Ministries. Amen. And if she travels uh, the country and, and um, uh, someday she'll get to go back overseas, right? If the world starts spinning up again and uh, letting worldwide travel to happen again, then, then um, she'll get to do that. And so, um, uh, but everything that we receive this morning will go into her ministry. And of course, uh, she does travel all over the country. Like I said, she's getting ready to go up to the East Coast, Pennsylvania, and um, uh, as well as New York. And uh, uh, the, the finance that we sow into her ministry allows her to do that. Amen. Uh, and so, and as we do that, then as she produces fruit in her ministry by praying for the sick and, and uh, helping people to get born again, then the account of that fruit gets added to your account. Amen. And so it's a good investment. She was talking about the fellow that lost the investment, uh, his investments uh, for whatever reasons. Um, but uh, this is a sure investment. Amen. And the nice thing about these investments, and as you invest in the ministry of uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Marilyn Neubauer, it's eternal. Amen. When you get to heaven, there's an account with your name on it. Amen. Uh, and uh, and so we thank the Lord for that. Amen. Uh, and so let's let's pray uh, as we get ready to receive this morning's offering. Amen. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to give into your kingdom. And, Father, it's an honor to give. Uh, you said that you love a cheerful giver, and we're glad, Father. We're cheerful to give because you've blessed us, Father. You've been so good to us to give us good jobs, Father, and good uh, wisdom and understanding to to increase our finances and so father we're we're thankful we're glad that we get to give father to you and so father as we give we thank you that uh, that the all the finances that uh Marilyn Neubauer ministries needs father comes into her ministry father the finances to go the finances to produce materials that will benefit and bless the body of Christ father the finances she needs to complete the vision that you've given to her will come into her ministry and, Father, we thank you that as her ministry produces fruit, that we get to participate and partake of that fruit. We thank you for that, Father. We give you all the praise and the honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, come ahead, Mr. Jared, and receive the offering. And then uh, when we get done with that, uh, then uh, we'll go ahead and say uh, the blessing for the food, and we'll get ready to eat uh, lunch here. And I encourage you to spend some time and uh, fellowship with Miss Marilyn and get to know her and uh, she's got some great stories, you know, because she's been everywhere and done everything and not quite yet, but uh, she's been a lot of places. And I was trying to figure out, you know, how many millions of miles she's probably traveled all the, over the years in her ministry. You know, you go over to uh, Europe and back, you know, that's a minimum of 10,000 miles or so. And um, you do that. You do that a few times and you rack up a million miles really quick. Amen. Uh, and uh, you've been over to Europe a few times. Right. And so uh, over the years. So. Uh, it's uh, uh, you just get to see some things and observe some things and you know stories are always are great to see because people are the same everywhere amen uh, and so uh, why don't we um, uh, pray and say the blessing for the food and then uh, we'll close up the service in just a minute so father we thank you uh, for the opportunity to gather together as your people and the fellowship father we thank you that uh, you've blessed us with good food to eat uh, and Lord we just uh, give you the praise and the honor for that and, Father, according to your word, we thank you that uh, all the food that we eat is blessed and sanctified in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, praise God. So um, just and one other thing really quick. Um, you know, we did this uh, for the last minister. The Lord just had uh, me uh, put it on my heart to do that. And, um, you know, there's no thus saith the Lord, but I still think it's a good idea. Um, so Miss Marilyn's got all the material on the on the back book table there. And so uh, everything... Uh, 
is uh, free right now. Uh, we're going to pay her, so we're going to, Chris is going to back there and write it down. So if you want any of the materials on her, off of her book table, uh, just get that and make sure you, you tell Chris because it's, uh, we're not taking it from her, right? Uh, the church is going to pay her for that material there, um, and so that's for your benefit. So this is not Christmas presents, right? This is not, you know, to put on eBay tomorrow. This is for your benefit, right? So if you're here and you want it, it's free to you, right? If someone's not here, they can pay like all the other people pay, right? And so this is for the people that are here. And, you know, we don't want to belabor that, but, uh, you know, something, well, I'll just take it all and it'll be on eBay tomorrow and, you know, I'll come out ahead. And uh, that's not why we're doing that, right? We're here to bless you because you're here, amen? So if you want any of the material, and she's got some great materials back there, especially in the area of healing. Uh, oh, you see Dora. Uh, she'll just write it down and keep up with it, and then we'll write Miss Marilyn a, a check for all, the, all of that stuff. And uh, we just think that's a great way to bless uh, the ministers, amen? And it gets uh, their information. You know, the Lord has invested a lot in ministries, amen? He's invested a great amounts of revelation in Miss Marilyn over the years, and that is to your advantage, amen? You know, you, you can read a book. You know, her books are not, uh, you know, they're not uh, 3,000 pages long. You can read one of her books in an hour or two and obtain in an hour what it took her 20 years to figure out, amen? Uh, and so, that, so that's to your advantage, Amen. So be sure to go back there and do that. And um, if I see you at the, see the material on eBay tomorrow, we're going to have a conversation about that, right? So, uh, but be blessed with that, and um, uh, and then we'll get the table set up and we'll eat some lunch. Amen. Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. And, and if you didn't bring any food, stay anyway. We always have plenty of food. And, and in fact, uh, uh, I really don't want to tell you this, but Chris made meatloaf, uh, and it's like the world's best meatloaf. And so. I didn't really want to advertise that because I was hoping there'd be leftovers for me to take, right? And so, but, you know, it's okay. I won't look at you bad if you eat all the meatloaf, right, before I get there. So, uh, but, yeah, we always have plenty of food. Stay and enjoy the fellowship, and uh, let's get ready and eat. Amen.